Hello to everyone. I'm Gloria Lepic Corrigan, and I'd like to welcome you back to the Your Accessible Life podcast, a podcast platform designed to provide practical support for living well with a disability, less ability, or physical challenge. In several past episodes, we've talked about getting around and how important accessible transit can be for those of us who may no longer drive. My local transit agency, PSTA, or Pinellas Suncoast Transit Authority, has been very active in addressing the needs of the disability community and really any riders who may need special consideration in using transit. This year, something new and different has come to our area, and it really presented all of us with some exciting challenges and opportunities. A driverless bus, or as it's officially called, an autonomous vehicle. This project came to our area through a partnership between PSTA and BEEP, an innovative new company from Orlando who's bringing autonomous mobility solutions to several markets in the U.S., I've chosen to highlight this project on our podcast, not just because of how innovative it is, but because of how exciting it is to see companies really care about meeting the needs of all their customers, especially those of us with disabilities. But rather than describe this myself, I've asked Beep's Chief Marketing Officer, Raquel Asa, to join me today. Hello, Ms. Asa, and thank you so much for being here. Hi, Gloria. So great to meet with you again. I remember last time we met, I think it was in January, and we had a great day together. It was. It was a lot of fun. Now, will you please start by telling us a little bit about Beep, about the company, and how you all got into the world of autonomous buses? Sure. So we are an autonomous mobility solutions provider uh, based here in the very state of Florida, in the exact state where we have uh, launched the uh, PSTA project in St. Petersburg called AVA. Uh, And AVA happens to be one of our autonomous shuttle programs that we're running within the state of Florida. We have a couple, um, we have another one uh, not too far from St. Pete, also in Tampa. And we have uh, also a mobility network, what you call an autonomous mobility network uh, here where we're headed quartered in a planned development called Lake Nona. And we have five routes and eight shuttles in operation here, uh, as well as multiple routes in operation as well on the east coast of Florida in Port St. Lucie in another planned development called Tradition, which is a Madame Homes development. Uh, but how we got really into the space, um, we knew that th- that uh, transportation is really at a pivot point now where you have a lot of companies developing autonomous mobility and autonomous vehicles. So what Beep does, we actually don't make the autonomous shuttles. We have strategic partners partnerships with companies like Navia, and that's the shuttle that you rode, Gloria, over in St. Petersburg with Ava. And we also have a partnership as well with Ali, which is a U.S.-made 3D-printed shuttle out of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And so what Beep does as an autonomous mobility solutions provider is we take those autonomous platforms and then we um, provide the services that really uh, encapsulate the service from end to end. So from the planning to the management to the actual deployment of the service and also the the development of the technology uh, as well to help support it. So again, not the vehicle itself, but everything that that works hand-in-hand to make sure that the vehicle is 
operating safely on the road at all times. And that goes from some of the software and technology that we develop to support the actual vehicle itself. And then also an app to help uh, track the shuttles in real time on the road and some of our deployment areas to make sure that the services that we provide and the technology that we create really makes for that safe and reliable and convenient uh, transportation that people are looking for these days. Ah, I saw some of that technology in, in Forceway when I was riding on Ava, and it was just amazing. Now, what are the benefits of an autonomous bus or an autonomous vehicle? Sure. We always like to say that autonomous vehicles, and specifically the, the autonomous shuttles that we deploy on the road, they never blink, they never get distracted. When you look at um, some of the statistics out there from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the root cause to a majority, 94% of the crashes that happen on the road, it's all based on human error. And we all know in this society of where well, we need things now and immediately, we have the access of that in, in the palm of our hand with the cell phone. The element of distraction is, is inevitable uh, with, the, with the immediate access to information these days. So, you know, when it comes to our vehicle, and Gloria, you had a chance to ride in it, you know, it, it really allows you the ability to look at your phone, to really talk to people while you're riding in the vehicle and you're not distracted because the vehicle is doing the driving for you. Um, one of the things that we also have on the shuttle is as well as a shuttle specialist, the shuttle attendant. We like to refer to, to, to that person on board as the co-pilot. Uh, and they're really there to, to validate and make sure that the vehicle is doing exactly what we planned it to do uh, along Bayshore Drive. So a majority of the time while the vehicle is operating, the vehicle truly is driving and operating by itself because of that very technology you talk about, such as the sensors on board, which work as the vehicle eyes uh, to make sure that nothing goes within the path of the vehicle. And if there is, the vehicle is designed to respond and stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now, when I first heard about autonomous vehicles, predictably, my questions revolved around how that would work for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. How quickly did you all start addressing that also within BEEP? Uh, instantaneously, to be quite honest, uh, because we knew that if we weren't going to provide this level of service and launch these vehicles on the road, we wanted to make sure that it accounted for mobility for everyone, mo mobility for all. That's really a, the core mission of, of BEEP when we when we launch these services, because we wanted to make sure that we provide transportation for everyone. And that starts with engaging the community and all members of the community, such as those um, with assistive mobility needs, uh, such as low vision, deaf, blind, or hard of hearing. And so where we where we started to engage the AD community was really with these engagement days, because um, the feedback that we get from those days, like we had with you, Gloria, it allows us to then influence the roadmap of the future of what these vehicles look like in the future with our autonomous vehicle suppliers, such as Navia and Local Motors. So we take that feedback from you uh, and everybody that we engage during that day and also in our other AD engagement days. And we go to our suppliers and say, hey, Gloria from St. Petersburg said, all of these were great features. Here are the, some of the questions and concerns and some of the some of the things that she would like to see in a future autonomous shuttle. Once you start to roll most of this out and roll out more of this vehicle, and of course, once you remove the attendant on board. So it's really part of our, our, our whole entire engagement process um, before, you know, while, while we're in the middle of a deployment. Okay, very interesting. Um, 
So were there, were there, you talked about in general, the things that you learned from these ADA engagement days. What were some of the changes that you see coming to the, the autonomous vehicles as a result of what the people with disabilities told you? You know, one of the most interesting things came from a gentleman and his wife who came to experience the vehicle. And um, the husband was a low vision, actually, no, was was hard of hearing, and his wife was blind. And the wife, uh, that's the first time she ever rode an autonomous vehicle. The way that she had experienced it, because I was asking her, do you, does this remind you of anything? You know, what do you think about this experience? And she said it reminded her a lot of what it was like in riding in a tram. And so to her, there really was no difference in riding in an autonomous vehicle versus a tram because the sensation and the experience was very similar. One thing that came up with her husband, though, who was hard of hearing when we were talking about that there's audible announcements currently made by the attendant and that there's also a chime that you can hear audibly within the vehicle. He said, you know what, Raquel, I actually can't hear that chime. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because it just went off. You know, I said, do you hear that? He said, I don't. And so one of the things that we provided back to our supplier was um, that gentleman needed two different decibels. So he didn't hear the higher decibel, but he could hear the lower decibel. Think of it like a a doorbell. It has the ding dong as two different decibels. So now um, our AV supplier knows that those who are hard of hearing need a lower decibel that they can actually hear. That makes a lot of sense. But it's not, not nothing that we would have thought of until, you know, that gentleman had had mentioned that to us. Sure. Um, now, what about, you know, we talked about that there's an attendant that you have on board right now. In the future, do you see there being systems that make the attendant unnecessary or is the attendant a very valuable part going forward? You know, I think we get that question a lot, Gloria, and I think the answer is it depends. And I'll, I'll explain to you why the answer is it depends. So we find that there may be some of our uh, some of our clients and some of our customers that we launch these services with and we deploy this technology. Um, they may want to keep those those people on board. One, because, as you know, um, those specialists serve also not just as ambassadors for the technology, but also, quite frankly, as tour guides to the community. And so um, they can serve as ways and ambassadors of, oh, hey, um, uh, you know, there may not be, you know, on shuttle needed anymore to validate the service, but they can serve as the, did you know that the Dali Museum is open until five o'clock today? Um, and then they serve then as a tour guide for Bayshore Drive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the future, as we look to to deploy more of these vehicles, yes, the eventual goal is to remove the physical attendant on board. Uh, and then uh, the way that we monitor that service will then be within that very geofence, what we call a very specific area. But we always like to say, and, and we use the phrase, we still will have a level of humanized autonomy. And I know that sounds a little bit like an oxymoron, uh-huh. but there will always be some level of human interaction uh, or in, not intervention, but human interaction with the vehicle, whether it's on board the vehicle or quite frankly, remotely, because we'll have somewhat of a virtual steward who then greets you uh, on board. So if you imagine X amount of years down the road, Gloria, and the door open, instead of someone physically standing there, there's someone who physically greets you on the screen and says, 
Good morning, Gloria. Um, welcome to the autonomous shuttle taking you to X, Y, and Z. If you'll just um, move your, your mobility device a little bit forward up and then back, we'll help secure you onto the vehicle, right? And so then that steward then becomes a virtual person opposed to someone who's physically needed within the vehicle. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of this is this is fascinating. And, and uh, you know, I said this to you earlier, but I'm really so grateful that companies and agencies care enough and are smart enough to understand the needs of all their customers. And as we've seen in so many other avenues, um, customers with any kind of, what, if you want to call it a, a disability or a less ability, we often are at the cutting edge in many ways of knowing what things are needed for universal design. And so mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that Beep has, you know, saw to it to ask all of our input and, and use that in your planning process. Absolutely. No, we, d- we definitely see it as, as a necessity. And it's something that we have committed to as a company and all of our current deployments and all of our future deployments. Because like I said, you know, w- we are dedicated and committed to make sure that the transportation that we provide and the technology that we develop to support these autonomous vehicles really provides transportation and mobility for everyone because nobody should be left behind. I agree. Now, an interesting question. The, the, the Ava that I rode on in St. Pete was a small vehicle. Do you mm-hmm. see automated uh, or autonomous vehicles replacing larger buses over time? Do you, does your company see its opportunities there or are you going to continue with the, the smaller opportunities right now? Sure. So right now, um, we definitely have two of those, what we call form factors. That's Those are the two that we have uh, in, in, in our autonomous vehicle platform and offerings. We are looking at deploying other, what we call form factors down the road that enable larger vehicles. Um, but right now, we're starting with these because we feel that these are the, the, the most advanced technologies available that allow us to test it on real world uh, and on real real world scenarios and in mixed traffic scenarios, public roads today. Yes, it was it was lovely to see how Ava was noticing when there was anything happening outside the vehicle, any cars, any people. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was like the vehicle had a million eyes and seeing all the things that those of us <laughs> uh, it really you know, those of us who uh, are have to, having to look with just two eyes don't necessarily notice. Right. Yes. And so you're right. I mean, that's one of the analogies that we like to, to, to explain to people is that we have, our whole life have grown up with two eyes. We know what it's like to grow up with two eyes and live with two eyes, looking left and right, up and down, and then having to physically turn around to see what's behind us. Whereas when you look at the autonomous shuttles that we deploy, they have more than or roughly eight plus eyes around the vehicle. So, you know, mom, my mother always joked, I have eyes behind my head. You know, these vehicles have eyes behind in the back to, to, to enable um, view and, and purview of what's happening around the shuttle at all times. Absolutely. Compared with the shuttle, in some ways, we're disabled, right? In terms of our ability to hear. Right? <laughs> That's right, right. The, the most advanced platforms on the road right now have more eyes than we do. Absolutely. So what else should I have asked you about this, about the experience with not only with your, your, your autonomous vehicles, but with being a company that cares about disabled customers? You know, what's very interesting, I would say, is 
The feedback that we have received from each of our ADA engagement days across all our deployments has been similar but different. Similar in that all of everyone that we've engaged within the ADA community all has similar needs of what should be, you know, um, accounted for in that universal design that you talk about. The part where it, where it differs, which I always find very interesting, actually has nothing to do with, with someone who may be a low vision, deaf, hard of hearing, or, or in a mobility device. It actually boils down to, to people's comfort level of riding uh, an autonomous vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the part that some people see it as a challenge, I actually see it as an opportunity. When people feel very hesitant to exploring and taking a ride on an autonomous shuttle, I don't see it as a, as a challenge. I don't see it as, as, as a challenge. I see it as an opportunity to educate, to let people know this is really what it does. And I can tell you nine times out of 10, people have been much more apt to embrace autonomous technology after they have experienced it. So my my key piece of advice to to the world, if you've never experienced an autonomous vehicle before, quite frankly, taking a ride in it, go and experience it and, and, and realize that it's not as different and far off as you might think it is. I I couldn't agree more because I, I know I I tend to like new technology, but I had my skepticism as well. And after riding Ava, I was so impressed with how well designed it was and how well it responded to all kinds of situations. And so I felt very safe riding in in that vehicle. That that makes me really happy to hear, Gloria. And and the, the best analogy I could give people uh, because they always say, well, there's there's been nothing ever like this before and that's why I'm hesitant. And I would say, remember when elevators first started to become mainstream or they were first introduced to the public, there were operators inside elevators because people were scared to ride in elevators. In fact, if you go into New York City and some buildings still these days, there are still people who sit in an elevator to push a button to make sure that the elevator moves. Uh, that's kind of where we are right now. People, you know, when 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 elevators came out, people were a little skeptical and weren't sure how to ride it. But, you know, X amount of years down the road, we're going to get to the point where we wonder, well, why is somebody still in there? It's because we've become it's become so integrated into our lives and into the fabric of society that we don't even give it a second thought in utilizing it. That makes an awful lot of sense. I, I hear you. Mm hmm. Well, Thank you so much for joining me today and telling me about autonomous vehicles and about Beep and and all that you have been doing. Is there, if any of our my listeners would like to follow up with you or with Beep directly, do you have any contact information you'd like to share? Your website information or contact other emails or so forth. Absolutely, I will share you with you um, my work email, and that's Raquel, just like Raquel Welch, but that's spelled R A C Q U E L dot ASA at go-beep.com, or they can send an email to our company one, which I also monitor as well. And that's info, I-N-F-O at go-beep.com. Excellent. Good. Now, do you have a website as well? Yes, we do. It's uh, www.go-beep.com. And if people want to see the exact shuttle and project and route that you rode, um, Gloria, they can go to the deployment section drop-down menu and click PSTA. 
Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you, Gloria, first and foremost, for being such a great ambassador for the for the AVA project and quite frankly for, for embracing this piece of technology and uh and this new mobility of the future, which we're deploying today. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate everything you've done. It was a, a delightful experience. Great. Thank you very much. As you could all hear, it was truly enjoyable to speak with Ms. Asa about beep and the AVA Autonomous Shuttle being operated on a pilot program in St. Petersburg, Florida. As Ms. Asa mentioned, there is a video on their website showing more about this program. And we also have two videos on the Your Accessible Life YouTube channel showing Beep's Autonomous Bus and the ADA Day experience in St. Pete. I was so grateful to be invited to participate. To our listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this accessible journey. If you have any questions from this or earlier episodes of the podcast, please drop us a note at info at youraccessiblelife.com. Please join us again for future podcasts for even more information and practical inspiration. We welcome your comments and questions and ask you to subscribe and share our episodes. Wishing you a wonderful day barrier-free week. Thank you.